0: I would thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, March 17th, 2019. Our text for the day is Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 31 through 35, which are as follows.
1: At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord.
0: When I was a boy growing up in South Lake Charles, my father had something that a lot of fathers of little boys have. He had several other sons besides me. And one of those sons lived right down the street, about ten houses down. His name is Blake Buchert, And Blake, and my mother would say that Blake's going to take over a third world country someday. And I think he's working on it actually as we speak. And Blake was always with, you know there's that kid in every neighborhood that has a million ideas? It wasn't me, it was Blake. Blake had more ideas than I did. And one day, uh, Blake uh, really wanted me to go do something. And I said, well, i got to cut the grass before Dad gets home from work. And Blake, with that look that only a freckled-faced, redhead, string bean little boy can say, Oh, that's easy. Just cut the high spots and he won't notice. And then we can go. So that's what I did. I just cut the high spots of the grass so Blake and I could go about doing whatever it is that he dreamed up that was going to get both of us in trouble, but it wasn't my fault. Well, yeah. Dad was a lot smarter than Blake gave him credit for. Dad had figured this out. And one of the things you learn as a parent is, and kids don't know till they become parents, is your parents ignore a lot more than you give them credit for. Am I right? You ignore, you just have to choose which battles you're going to fight. You don't get away with nearly as much as you think. Right, parents? Hello? All right, very good. Well, see, here's the deal. Ever since the serpent tried to talk, ever since Adam tried to throw Eve and the serpent under the bus, there have been people trying to make a fool of other people. And today, in today's passage, as we continue our series, The Good News, The Sacrifice, working our way through the Gospels during Lent, we come across... Five little verses from Luke that remind us that Jesus was nobody's fool. But while reminding us that Jesus was nobody's fool, these verses also give you and I some insight into how we are to live our faith. And these verses give us a little insight into how we are to be people of the cross and the resurrection. Jesus had been out and about healing and doing a few other things that Jesus does. And Jesus was doing stuff that was going to get him in trouble. As you've heard me refer before, when you hear Pharisees, I want you to think about good little church people who have all the answers. The teachers of the church. The ones who know everything and want to change nothing. And at that very hour, these good little church people, these good little teachers came to him and said, Get away, for Herod wants to kill you. Of course, they're trying to help Jesus in this point and say, you're going to die. Herod's looking for you. There's a fatwa that's coming. There is a contract out on your life. Of course, as we know from the Christmas narrative, there's been a contract on Jesus since before he was born. All right? And Jesus, hearing this threat against his life, I can see it now. He probably smiled. And being St. Patrick's Day, I'm just going to imagine a good old Irish smile with that twinkle in his eye where he knew someone thought they had the drop on him, but Jesus had the drop on them. He says, you go tell that wily animal, you tell that fox, you tell that conniver that I'm doing some other stuff and that on the third day I finish my work. Yes, it is an illusion to Easter. Yet today, tomorrow, the next day, I must be on my way. Jesus is sitting there facing a threat on his life, a mortal threat by the government. He was facing the death penalty and not at Camp Fed. But yet, look what Jesus says He says, Here's what I'm doing. He said, Here's the work that I'm doing, here's the life that I'm leading here's where all this is going. And he says, I've got other things I need to do. And he's saying in Lamar's paraphrased version, i got other stuff to do. I'm not worried about Herod. And I'm not worried about the threats of my life. And we see in that that faithfulness facilitates focus. Faithfulness facilitates focus. Jesus was so sure of his mission, his work, his task before him. That he was not about to let an existential temporal threat derail his work in God. And my question for you and I this morning is, how much do we allow ourselves to get distracted from our mission as God's people? How much do we allow ourselves to get get distracted from spreading the good news? How often do we allow ourselves to get distracted from being God's faithful, who love the Lord our God with everything we have and our neighbors as ourselves. One of the things that I truly resent, that I truly resent about the way that politics are practiced in our country is that church people allow themselves to be used as pawns. They allow themselves to be used as pawns and get all fired up about what's happening with the temporal government when the fact of the matter is we have a much bigger job to do than to worry about that kind of stuff. We are about feeding hungry, clothing naked, sheltering homeless. We are about loving the Lord our God with everything we have in our neighbor as ourselves. We are about various things that have nothing to do with it. But how many billions of dollars and how much emotion and how much energy do we put into the temporal affairs of our political system. And here's Jesus right here saying, pretty much, Herod can do what he needs to do, but i got to do what i got to do. And Herod's not going to distract me from what i got to do. But yet along with that, you know, he goes on, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets the stones who were sent to... He's basically calling a shot here. He says, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. See, faithfulness helps us see the big picture. Jesus has been trying to do some things for quite a while. But people have gotten in the way. You go back even to the first point where Herod's trying to distract him. How often do you and I allow ourselves to get hijacked from the big picture by the small things of life? Or even the big things in life but that are not of God. Jesus could very easily have said, I know Jerusalem's reputation. He could very easily have said, I know what faces prophets who go to Jerusalem. I know that Herod's out for me. I know all these things, so I'm going to tuck tail and run. But Jesus' faithfulness to God's mission allowed him to not get distracted. Because he saw the big picture. How many times have churches divided themselves over stuff like the color of paint or the color of carpet? How many times have churches allowed themselves to be divided by what kind of shoes can be worn in a gymnasium? How many times have churches been divided by how a kitchen is arranged? How many times have churches been divided by what color? Well, this is a bad example right now, but how many times have churches allowed themselves to be distracted by what color a sign is? How many times have churches allowed themselves to be divided by all these other things that really don't matter? See, Jesus understood that faithfulness helps us see the big picture. How often... Dear friends, do we get distracted? That's the beautiful thing about the season of Lent is it keeps us focused on our need for divine grace and mercy. Gives us a chance to refocus our lives and gives us a chance to look again at the bigger picture. That's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed this little photography project I'm doing on Instagram is these are not big, beautiful pictures of... Landscape vistas, these are the, I posted a picture of my remote control the other day. But Lent allows us the chance to see the big picture. And a Lent allows us the opportunity to seek seek and find God in the small things and not get distracted by the silly stuff that we allow to divide our families, our churches, our communities, and our worlds. But then finally in this passage, we wrap up with Jesus says, See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Stay tuned. April 14th, you're going to hear that one again. I promise you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But what Jesus is doing is he's Say to them that faithfulness demands urgent patience. Yeah, urgent patience. One of the frustrating things about the life of a Christian and an always-on world is that we feel like everything's got to be done now. I submit to you in many ways, one of the most destructive things in the history of the Christian faith was the invention of the incandescent light bulb. And the reason why the incandescent light bulb has done so much to harm the Christian faith is we never take time for rest anymore. We can run factories, we can run everything with the incandescent light bulb. Whereas before that, there was a pattern of sleep that was more conducive. Yeah, I know about candles and candelabras, but you get the bigger point. We are not people who want to wait. There is a reason why, according to the last number I saw, Americans are over a trillion dollars in consumer debt. And we wonder why our government's over 21 trillion dollars in debt when we can't manage our own households. And yet Jesus is saying, I'm coming, but you got to wait. We have to be people who have urgent patience. People who understand the urgency of living a life that loves the Lord our God with everything we have and our neighbors as ourselves, but trusting that just as Jesus promised them he was coming back to Jerusalem He is coming again in glory. We worship a God who has kept every one of His promises. And ours is to live a life of faith that is patient, but yet is urgent. Let's not be like the little nine-year-old boy who got conned by the kid down the street. Let's be people who worship the Lord our God with focus let us be people who worship our God by seeing the bigger picture and let us be people who live a Christian life with urgent patience And thank you for listening to this sermon podcast you may find out more
1: about our ministries at